Hey guys, welcome to Wing It. This is a podcast where every week myself, Aisha, will be talking to my bezzy mate Yvonne about <laughs> about our life. So um, that is literally anything and everything. So we hope that you enjoy it. Every single week it's going to be a different topic. So we always welcome uh, new ideas, new discussion points, uh, whatever you guys want to hear us talking about, just holler. Um, and we will be discussing it and winging it. Whoop. Thank you so much for joining us for part two of Tasha's episode. I know we left on a little bit of a cliffhanger last week because, like I said, we could have honestly talked for ages and we did. I think in total we spoke for about four hours. So we've managed to condense the main part of the conversation just for you guys. So picking up from where we left off, another question as well I had for you Tash was after leaving our centre becoming a regional manager you went from managing a team of 20 staff plus me and I to then managing what five six times the amount yeah approximately yeah because it was eight times what we were Uh, yeah and over lockdown it was nearly 12 more (laughs) so 160 plus yeah so it was really really exciting because it meant that I could honestly work with so many great people I could I knew I could make a difference I think that's what I've always been about is I've got to make a difference somewhere that's what I enjoy that's what I'm really really passionate about and I remember going in and and, you know observing first of all talking to my new staff members and being like I know I can make a difference I know I can make you happier and so that was really exciting it is understandably very very nerve-wracking I, again, was managing people that, A, were a lot more experienced than me. Some were a lot more older, as we spoke about. And some people didn't know me, therefore didn't have any belief in me. And I really had to prove to them I was the right person for the role. And I think the hardest thing throughout that has been managing underperformance. And when I went into this role, there, there were some staff members that were underperforming. And, again, I'm, I always say, if there's ever an elephant in the room... You've got to acknowledge it. I hate, I hate, I hate when I see something happening or when you can feel it. Like, you know, if I could see Yvonne's facial expression, I don't say anything. I'd hate it. Um, And I'd have to say something. And the worst thing I've seen in the past is when people are underperforming and no one tells them until it's then too late. And then it becomes very serious. And that's not fair on anyone. So, again, I was very honest. I went in and I, I spoke to people about their performance from what I've observed, from what I've heard. And that meant from there that, that someone decided it actually wasn't the right role for them and, and they left the company. And they actually thanked me that for that. They thanked me for that honest conversation, even though it was it was really rubbish. And don't get me wrong, there were lots of times that, you know, I had to come home and, and have a little bit of a cry about it. But it was the right and the person agreed. But I also had to um, underperformance manage someone that I really, really liked personally. And that was really, really hard because I was managing you know, you two again, and other people like you that I was really close with. And there was an individual that, unfortunately, it wasn't the right role for them. But no one had told them. And actually, from me being in that position, I, I knew I had to tell them I couldn't let the elephant in the room. I, I had to say what was going on. And you kind of seem like the bad guy in a way, like you're kind of bad cop in the bad cop, good cop scenario. But 
at the end of the day, you were honest enough with them. So they should also appreciate that. And I, and I know, I honestly know hand on heart that, you know, anyone I had this sort of conversation with when I first joined the company always said to me, thank you for the honesty. Great. But understandably, you know, I have people that I, I don't talk to anymore. And that is because of the situation that is very sad. So I think that was the hardest part because you are managing friends. Yeah. Sure people have been in the same situation when you're promoting and managing friends. It can be difficult, but what I've learned is actually got to separate that. So I know that, you know, we had some really serious conversations, you guys with the centre. Then I also knew that we could go out together and have a meal together. And yeah, we've ran about work. You talk about work for the first, you know, 10 minutes, but then you've also got to move on. And you separate that. So I think that's just a top tip is separate friendships from work and don't feel like you, you can't say something to a friend. It's probably what's better than if, it, if, it, if something is going on, you need to actually talk to them about it. Yeah. And I think that works both ways as well. Because I remember, like, even though you were the manager of the centre, there were just some times where you sat on the floor in the office and just ate a chocolate bar because that's what you needed to do and it's like fine like do you know what I mean like everyone's human and I think that that's another really important thing to remember is that even though you're a manager and you're a leader and you need to be a role model to this team and you know everyone who you're leading like that rapport is going to be important when you need the support as well and it's such a good point because I remember it's about six months into the role I was working with someone I really really liked and I remember she was having a really hard time with work. And she said to me, gosh, you're just so good. Like, you never struggle. How are you always so positive? We, I mean, we've we said that a lot as well. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, but it made me realise, though. I was like, I've not actually really shown her that I have struggled. And I then actually had to adapt my approach slightly and go, I know what you're going through. I've been through this. Or actually, I'm having a bit of a tough day, but I'm really excited to be with you. So I also then had to learn to be more open. I feel like I sort of came across to the more to the people yeah. that I didn't know before. So like you guys knew me so well, but the people that I hadn't worked for, I think I came in a bit like pretending that everything was always amazing, positive, optimistic, which is naturally me. That is naturally me, but not having that moment of, guys, this is rubbish. Like I'm in a bit of a rubbish mood as well. This situation is rubbish. So I think being open makes you more relatable as a manager to other people as well. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I mean, like relating to kind of the hard decisions that you've had to make, like you said, handling underperformance and things like that in the past. During COVID, I understand that obviously you've had to make even harder decisions, for example, redundancies. And we just wanted to ask really, obviously, you know, we've had such great times as managers, but there are difficult decisions you need to make. Like, first of all, how did you feel making those decisions? And like, how did you get through it? You know what I mean? Like, it must be so hard telling somebody that they're not going to be part of the future of the company anymore. Yeah, it was really hard. I'm sure it was hard for so many people as well. It was it was a real, real struggle. Uh, and again, I'm such a positive person that I think it hit me even more because I wasn't feeling positive. I wasn't excited, which I normally always am. Um, I think my biggest tip for those sort of things is that it's going to happen. I'm not saying redundancies and lockdowns going to happen again. Touch what it doesn't after this month. But you know, tough things will happen. For me, I just had, I made sure I separated work from home as much as physically possible when you're working from home. I have my ways of relaxing. For example, I love a bath. If I've had a stressful day, 
I will go and eat a pizza with a bar of chocolate and a glass of something in a bubbly bath. <laughs> and that is my stress relief. Or I'll go out with my friends. Or I'll, I ring my mum and my dad so much as well. They're a big part of that. So I know for me when I'm stressed, I just then need to relax. But I also know I sometimes get stressed when I know I haven't finished something off. So if I know I've got 20 jobs to get to in the morning, that will stress me out. So I won't leave that day's work until I know I can relax. Because there's no point me not mm. finishing off a job, being really stressed for the evening and then coming back to being stressed in the morning. I try and always leave work in a really good place, even if that means work an extra 20, 30 minutes. It doesn't work for everyone. I'm not telling people to work extra. But for me, it works because then it means that I am then not stressed in the evening and I'll be much happier when it comes to the next day. So just have your ways of, of stress relieving no matter what situation. Um, and I think for the redundancy specifically, I had to remember this wasn't because I wanted to let people go. It was because of this crazy situation that we're all in at the moment that unfortunately really, really hit the company, like it did for a lot of companies. And it meant that the, you know, we had to let people go, but we did it in a really, really fair way um, for, for our centre uh, staff members. So I knew even in the back of my head, it, this was the fairest way. And I was honest with these staff members. I said, I, d I don't want to be doing this. You know, I don't want to be doing this with you. But it's something that, that we've got to do. I've got to do this. And I think that helped me make people realise this was not a personal decision. This wasn't something I just picked out of the hat. So, yeah, so hopefully that's some top tips for those hard situations. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think over the past few months, more people have been on the opposite side of that. So, you know, being on the opposite side, being told that they're being made redundant and you are the bad guy like throughout all of this you are the one who's making those horrible decisions who is putting them out of a job so again I think it's just important to remember that as a manager you are still on a really really bad end of this because even yeah. I mean your, even your job was affected by it right how how has it affected you COVID career-wise yeah so my my staff didn't actually realize at the time, but we were also going for a redundancy process. It wasn't just hitting people on the ground. It was hitting the whole of the company. Mm. And actually, it kind of helped me when we, I was going through the redundancy process, focusing on other people and their processes, because it made me forget what I was going through. But I actually lost my role and I stepped out. Um, so I did. I stayed, I'm with the company. You know, I'm still so grateful that I've got a role. But obviously, it, it was not what I wanted. It was it was yeah. honestly a horrible time. I was making redundancies while I was being made redundant from my role myself. So tough. <laughs> and it was really tough. I, you know, I'm not one that ever cries. I've got to be honest. I'm not. I don't cry unless I'm watching films like Marley and Me. Oh, um, but I did. I, I, I honestly had like a, a half a day breakdown because it just it got too much. But yeah. I also let myself do that. I think everyone needs to let themselves have a moment of honestly this is awful and mm. you know I, I just cried I just spoke to family and friends I had a bath um but then I also I'm grateful I, I still had a role I knew that I was yeah. still going to have a role but I just had to step down and that has been a really hard transition I was in you know the high position for over two years as a regional manager yeah for two years 
then step back down and do a role that I wasn't doing as long compared to a regional manager was hard. But I, I made the decision because I still, you know, I've always enjoyed working for the company, but more so I really enjoy what I do. Yeah. And I knew I was going to have a great team with me. So I think it's just making the best out of a rubbish, rubbish situation. And again, I still have those days like, you know, being back in this lockdown has not been fun. Working from home is not for me. I love being with people. And again, that's why there were other roles I could have potentially gone for, but they were all working from home. And Mm. that just isn't for me. I'm a people person. I need to be around people. Yeah, what I do. So, you know, even this week I had a bit of a wobble of like, what am I doing at the moment? I'm not enjoying this as much. Then I also realised we're all going through it. It's all a short term thing at the moment. Can't make a permanent decision based on a short term situation. Based on a pandemic. (laughs) Exactly. So remembering that and remembering it. But it's tough. But Mm. again, it's just saying to yourself, it's okay that it's tough. And just remember what you're enjoying about what, what your current role is or what the current situation is. About life. Yeah, have this moment to yourself just to try and relieve any stress that you're going through at the moment. And that's why we really wanted to have you on is because you are in a unique situation where you've been at both sides of it. So obviously we wanted to kind of be an advocate for managers as well and say, look, it hasn't been easy for the managers, the ones making these decisions, the ones having these conversations as well. So mm-hmm. to kind of give you guys a voice and be like, look, we didn't want it to happen. It's kind of the company-wide decision. And of course, yourself, just because you're higher up in the company, you definitely weren't like an anomaly. You were also affected. So I think you were in a unique position where you were made redundant, like you said, from your role and did go to another role, but also had to make those hard decisions for other people as well. I truly can't tell you which one was easier. I think they were just both absolutely rubbish. Our CEO was getting extremely upset telling us, our managing director was, no one wanted to go through this. And I'm sure no companies wanted to make these horrible decisions at the moment. But I think also what helped us all get through was empathy for one another. Even before my team knew that I was even going through the process or that unfortunately I I did lose my role, they were all saying to me how rubbish this must be for you. And that meant a lot. And I think that had really shown the great relationships that I had for these they didn't know I was going through it myself um but that's what helped me get through it because everyone was so great and you know it's something that none of us ever expected to be in you know I never ever expected at 26 you making people redundant from roles that just sounds absurd isn't it of course and then to be made redundant from honestly a role that I was really good at and you loved yeah and I loved and we nearly you know before the lockdown happened you know my my region was going to win a huge competition well fingers crossed it would have been we were going to win this huge competition we were really successful so I'd also just remind people that unfortunately that have been made redundant it's not just all about you know don't forget how great you still are at something because other factors will come into it length of experience came into ours and that unfortunately hit me quite a lot when when I went through yeah. the process I, I obviously have not been in as long as we were speaking about of age. So there are other factors yeah. that mean that you're not great at your job or you're not great at that skill set. But hard decisions have to be made financially to keep companies open at the moment. To touch wood, this will be the end of redundancies with the pandemic. Yeah. But if not, have a stress reliever and just put yourself with good people that are going to support you through it all. Definitely. Yes. 
I feel like that is the great message to end on as well. <laughs> I was going to say, I would really like to end on a high note. So, you know, obviously it's been really valuable telling us about top tips and tricks, hearing from your side as a, as a manager, as a regional manager. But I mean, you do love your role. You've been in the company for five years. Two, like, big questions. Like, one, what is the, like, the highlight of your role or highlight of being in the company or, like, your funniest ever memory? And two, the funniest memory with the best team you've ever had, obviously, me and Aisha. <laughs> okay, can I please start with you two? Because this is just instantly came into my head. And I, I reckon you two are probably thinking the same. Go oh, on. God. So I think I've been in the centre with you two in Slough. This is probably my first or second day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. I know. And <laughs> obviously, there's a lot going on in the centre anyway in terms of, you know, there was a lot of performance-wise we were trying to figure out. I was still getting to know you two. And we had a huge 11-plus class. So this means that, you know, we had 30, 40 children in our centre mm -hmm. who were all getting ready for a big exam um, when they're, they're 10, 11 years old. And I don't remember who came and told me, but someone said, Tasha, there's a flood in the toilet. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, the child's just left the tap on. It happens all the time that the taps get stuck. But no, there was a huge <laughs> leak coming from above the toilet so there was a little door just above the toilet with like water stop tapping and there was just like a waterfall of water <laughs> i think i've got a picture <laughs> and i remember looking at you two and just going guys where's the water stop tap and you went the what the what <laughs> tap and i went the tap that turns off all the water and you two had no idea no and i was clue. just like right Manager mode. Someone tell the parents they need to clip their children. Someone call a plumber. Someone come and help and fix this toilet. I remember I was the only one who was dry. You two were like straight in there, like proper superhero mode. I was like, right, I'll call the plumber. I remember Tash, you had these like little dolly shoes on that was you were soaked to the skin. It was like three hundred inches of water I on your way. I figured out, so you guys were talking to the plumbers, someone was talking to the parents. I, I, I figured out that if I held the tap a certain way, like where this flood was coming from, it would it would try and go into the toilet rather than soaking the floor. And by this point, two thirds, well, no, a third of our centre was completely sodden. Yeah, it was like tidal wave at Fort Park. Like, it was ridiculous. I said, like, I need to get this water into the toilet. But by me standing there, I am now drenched. <laughs> and then I reminded you I was FaceTiming a plumber. <laughs> oh so I was, I think, holding your phone, or you were holding and you were directing. And by the time that we turned it off, uh, it was like I just had a shower. Yeah, and you I had really to drive home in soaking wet clothes. So I stripped off in the centre once the children are gone, put on this gigantic fleece. And I had to run from my car to my house, which is a good three minute walk, in this fleece that just about covered like you know what needed to be covered because like, i cannot drive home a 40 minute journey then in sodden clothes but the, the summary of the story is it i feel like it helped the three of us connect bond, and bond. definitely and i always knew what did no after knowing you two we would have bonded but i just feel like it helped us bond so much just looking at each other soaking wet and being like what the hell has just happened <laughs> and we just went into kind of reactive mode you know like all split up and search for clues kind of thing you know what i mean 
it was, was like no time for a panic was there and no, the pair, like obviously telling the pair i remember standing at the front to like some of the strictest parents you could probably imagine which 11 plus parent was at the front at this time being like <laughs> Oh my god, what's happening? And you're like, it's fine. Like no, like it's only Aish and Tash that are wet. No one else is wet. The children are <laughs> pushing fine. the kids to the other end of the center. Like, like can they swim? It's fine. Need to bond as a team. Start a flood somewhere and just see, you know, how you fix it and how you overcome it. Like a team, the cheapest mm-hmm. team building exercise you could ever imagine. Yeah, who needs a social when you can have a flood? Like. And my best memory, being in this company, I don't know if it's one memory. I know that's cheating, but we had incredible parties and get-togethers. Yeah. Every summer and every Christmas. And the Christmas one was very formal. You dress up in beautiful dresses and meals. And the summer one was fancy dress. And I think in my first one, I was only actually a, a week into the row when I went to the summer one. I didn't really know many people. It was a bit awkward. But my, my 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 second and my third ones, I remember just looking around being like, what an incredible bunch of people I'm working with. And just how fun those events were. Because even though you didn't know people, you bump in, you start talking. And I think that just shows so much about the company you know, before of this is that we were just all great people. We had so much fun. And, you know, waking up in a tent hungover you know, like, with it, you know, dressed in squid clothes. Squid clothes, dressed as a Mr. Potato at one point. Um, it just made it all so worth it. And we worked blooming yeah. hard. Like, we worked really, really hard. We, we worked some long days. Yeah. And it just, that those sort of events always just made it so worth it. So I think just the big company yeah. events, they will always be my favourite, favourite memories of the company. I completely agree. And I think us, like you said, I, us three dressed as squids was definitely one of my highlights. And it's definitely something we're going to have to share with our listeners as one of the photos that will go along with this podcast. Because oh yeah, I couldn't sum definitely. this up any better. What was it? Oh, the safari. We got told off by our <laughs> regional manager for not being a safari animal. And Aisha was like, actually, it's a sea safari. <laughs> That yeah, just like sums it up. Everyone was dressed up as tigers, lions, monkeys, monkeys, <laughs> and then we were like uh, squids because you know, slough squid squad. What could be better? We were the that best. Just summarise us three. Slough squids. Exactly. There you go. There you go. And can I just say, I handmade all three of those costumes. It took me like a whole week, and that's my proud. That's my proudest moment of like my two years at the company was making that costume. <laughs> <laughs> but Tash, thank you so much for coming on today. Honestly, like I always, I always love our chats, us three. But being able to share them with everyone is just so nice as well. Because I think it's really important for people to know that you can achieve something at a young age. That it's not all of experience. It's not all about age. That it's just belief and confidence. And I think that you are an inspiration to a lot of people. And obviously everyone knows it because you've accelerated so far in this company for a reason. So thank you so much for sharing your managerial wisdom with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great relieving some really fun memories over the last five years. It really, really has. Yeah, it really has. I've got another one that we've run out of time, so I'm not going to say it, but I'll tell you afterwards that concerns Yvonne. (laughs) 
I have lots of concern about that I could have done this podcast. I have not done this podcast. Um, but, but guys, anyone who's listening out there, Tash has been through the works when it comes to sales, marketing, interviews, recruitment, and she's been on both sides of it. So if you have any questions in regards to a new role or going for maybe a slightly higher role than you would normally have anticipated, as always, please do not hesitate to reach out and obviously ask any questions. We always love hearing from you and hearing your feedback and kind of what you're thinking. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Always so fun to have someone we both know on. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Tash, thank you so much again for coming on. And guys, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.